0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the seventh episode of our Talking with Apes podcast, where we try to make sense of socio-political topics. Uh, today we are tackling a quite scientific topic, but we are not scientists. Just to clarify that, we are young activists, and we think it is important to sometimes interact with science in order to understand the world better. So today's topic is hydrogen. Now what is hydrogen hydrogen is kind of something that could replace uh, fossil fuels that we use to power cars etc in the future because it can contain a lot of energy in a small space and in that way it could be beneficial compared to for example batteries in electric cars so but there's a lot of forms of hydrogen some might be better some might be worse and there's also the question of whether it is really possible to make this future in which cars are driven by hydrogen, like, is it possible to make this work? Is it all greenwashing? Is it a hoax? We will discuss. <laughs> so, um, yes. So the 50 shades of hydrogen, who wants to take it away? <laughs> um,
1: I guess, um, yeah, it's... it's, it's when we were researching this topic, it's like uh, I read the uh, the, f- the title. Like, uh, let's talk about blue hydrogen. Let's talk about uh, green hydrogen. Let's talk about yellow hydrogen. I was like, wait, I'm pretty sure I did study chemistry in school, and hydrogen, like is an element and elements usually don't have colors so what are we actually talking about? I Mean elements
0: about? do have colors but
1: <laughs> one element can't have different colors I think.
0: No, but they do have a <laughs> Again, color. Again, we're not fit. scientists.
1: <laughs> we are not scientists. If uh, a bit yeah, let's not go there. Um but yeah, so the idea of the 50 shades of hydrogen as uh, Morgan very elegantly put it is um uh, we're not talking about hydrogen itself, we're talking about the way it's being produced. So in this context, it's uh, an idea for an alternative energy source. And how do we usually produce this uh, hydrogen? It comes in shades of color. Uh, we have the black hydrogen, which is-
0: um, No, brown. brown.
1: It's described black or brown.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, which is just burning coal. That's the oldest, the stupidest, and the most polluting, least efficient way to make hydrogen. We have the um, blue hydrogen, which is uh, the new fad, and which is we're, we're going to be focusing a lot on today. Yes. We have gray hydrogen, which is the most, um, the biggest source of hydrogen we have nowadays, which is uh, produced from natural gas. And we have green hydrogen. Where the power behind that is driven by renewable energy sources like solar panels and uh, wind turbines, and that's the w- that's the different ways we usually make hydrogen.
0: Yes, and so like hydrogen is made by an electrolysis process uh, that water is put under, and the energy for that process comes from these different energy sources that Keenan just described.
1: Yes. It's most, It's it's almost always. Um, that process that is being used, electrolysis. There are different processes that mm-hmm. uh, can be used, uh, but in the industry, I think it's uh, electrolysis that gets used the most.
0: It's a hard word. <laughs> it's it
1: electrolysis.
0: Really <laughs> electrolysis.
1: I think there's another one that's steamonysis or something. That's also. I have no okay, idea. Okay, cool. Yes, uh, but Let's anyways. move past this. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So. So don't. you mentioned blue hydrogen. Yes. And like, what is what is blue hydrogen exactly? Well, blue hydrogen
1: is I mean, and th- do interrupt me here if you disagree? I think it shouldn't exist as a it word, just a marketing scheme, marketing tool to make hydrogen the middle grounds between uh, absolute destruction of uh, fossil fuels and the hippie t- utopian dream of green fuel or renewable energy. And now these uh, corporates or whatever came in the uh, marketing t- um, with the marketing idea of making, a blue hydrogen, which is like from the color, you can like see it's very associated with corporates and like balance and stuff. And it's just the idea of making hydrogen with the same process we use for making gray hydrogen usually. So from natural gas, using natural gas, but with the caveat of also recapturing the CO2 that gets produced in the process. So they recapture that f-
0: by carbon capture technology. By carbon capture
1: technology. And they the idea, the theory, is that they can capture almost 80% of it and they can store it like we store nuclear waste.
0: Yeah, so they, they make it by using natural gas and then the CO2 released by that gas is captured, stored. And... Just as a cute side note, usually that stored CO2 is then used to produce more fossil fuels. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
2: which <laughs> is one of the big problems with it. <laughs>
1: yes. So, like, like you see, it's it's an idea that is obviously very um, popular. It seems like within the uh, fossil fuel industry, at least for some firms, they are trying to capitalize on that idea of that we're trying to do our best for the environment. They can. Advertise themselves as doing their best, but this is a for-profit thing. This is driven by profit. It's um, the process is sometimes called enhanced oil um, e- extraction or something, and it's like that's the idea. It's the idea to make more money. Even the scientific research behind this, it ha- in the in the scientific research, it has the idea of how do we make. Um, doing good for the planet economically viable and that's all the drive here and we're going to discuss that in this context but you know always remember that may- that might not always be the best context maybe we don't need to
2: discuss uh, how if something isn't profitable it's still worth doing ah uh, you mean you mean capitalism <laughs> is not the way to utopia <laughs> oh, well <laughs> but yeah um, maybe let's get out of the way because, as you said, um, the blunt of the discussion is going to uh, be about blue hydrogen. Let's get out of the way. Why not green hydrogen for everything? You know, why isn't green hydrogen ruling this entire uh, planet yet? If it is so amazing to uh, get spare energy, yeah, it sounds it great, right? Hydrogen. Like
0: you, you have your solar panels on your roof, with which you would like can charge your city, bike, backfeet, car, whatever and then if you need to go on a longer trip or you need to take a plane, you just go on this beautiful, clean, hydrogen, hydrogen uh, powered, powered uh, futuristic, futuristic stuff going thing, on. Indeed. Like, it sounds great and yes. and all of that hydrogen is produced it by is the windmills It is extremely that fucking expensive.
2: Yes. Um, <laughs> That's To produce, why. <laughs> <laughs> to produce hydrogen uh, requires an enormous amount of electricity. Uh, electrolysis is where you put uh, electricity uh, in in water typically and then you split water atoms uh, or water molecules, better said, into uh, hydrogen and oxygen on the other hand. That hydrogen can then be turned back into one water as a waste effect. And uh, but in order to do that, you need to put a lot of energy into that system.
0: Oh, water, water always requires so much energy. Also, if you want to warm it, you need so much energy to warm up water. <laughs> it it has, has a very relative. high thermal... Like.
2: Well, I don't know. But anyway, it, it, uh, it requires a lot of energy. And that's one of the biggest problems. Um, Bloomberg and EF uh, actually calculated that the amount of electricity needed to produce enough green hydrogen for, uh, let's say, a quarter of the world's energy. That would be higher than all the electricity currently produced worldwide. Uh, and it would require more than $11 billion, which, turn turn it into euros, is roughly probably still like a 10 or 9 uh, billion yeah. uh, thing, uh, in investments, in upgrades for infrastructure to build that. So the idea that we can, you know, use all the excess energy of, of windmills and solar panels and use it as if we are using oil is in rea- is unrealistically. We The amount of energy it requires to make hydrogen is way too high for that. We can just push out hydrogen by the barrel as if the same way we're doing now with oil or that some countries are doing with oil. Um, the Bank of America. Um
0: and then also some of the plans of how they would transport that hydrogen and how they would like have yeah. that infrastructure work are not very refined because, for example, some of the plans um, say that they would use the pipelines that we currently use for oil to also transport hydrogen. And, you know, that doesn't work as well because hydrogen is quite aggressive and, you know, the pipelines are not made for that. Necessarily, so that would also be a huge cost again, on top of all of the other costs, to redo all of that. And
2: not to mention, there are security concerns. Um, in, uh,
0: I mean, if we care about people.
2: <laughs> yeah, which recently does seem to be a, a bit more of a, of a of a discussion. How much do we care about human lives compared to economic interests? But. Um, because those pipelines corrode uh, more easily with hydrogen, etc., it is a concern on how safely can we transport that through the old pipelines, etc. cetera. Um, not to mention, there is the weird situation uh, in Europe where the network of pipelines we have already is kind of too much for what we need, yet all the plans of the EU and of the uh, gas industry seem to desire a further expansion. And they're using blue hydrogen uh, and hydrogen in general as kind of an excuse of why they would need all the pipelines they have now and some more. Um, Which again is going to be insane because the investment for the hydrogen structure alone, with the ridiculous idea you could use it as oil, is sky high, way higher than any investment you would need to make to move away from such uh, fossil fuels.
0: Oh, but then we would have to move away from them.
2: <laughs> yes, I know the gas companies are not going to like that. Okay, so what we're talking about here is a
1: an idea that is being pushed by... Um, these uh affiliates of uh, fossil fuels uh, companies and that's i think that's a nice caveat to our like next uh part of this topic which is the uh the relationship between eu policymakers u.s policymakers um how this research is influencing that policy those policies and um who is funding this research and who is doing the mo- most of the lobbying for what kind of laws mm-hmm. should be done to deal with...
0: Yeah, like also how much money should be put into hydrogen compared to, for example, making solar panels more efficient exactly. to put on private houses or to develop new forms of uh, heating or insulation for houses or like to not develop them but to enable people that don't have all the money to buy those, to buy them all Of the investments from the EU or like from different uh, countries within the EU?
2: Well, the EU has already put in, uh, in total, I believe uh, between 2014 and 2020, 1 billion uh, euros Into in investments, in research. Public private investments uh, with Hydrogen Europe. Hydrogen Europe being uh, one of the organizations. Uh, on the European level that pushes this hydrogen.
0: Yeah, and I think doing research into hydrogen is definitely not a bad idea, but focusing on blue hydrogen as the one solution instead of saying, okay, maybe for some very specific things, like maybe if we want to still do air travel, that would, in my eyes, be one of the biggest ones where hydrogen would really be one of the only solutions we have so far. To make that possible without using any sort of fossil fuels, but like maybe if we would then just say okay, only for that we can use hydrogen because it's such an enormous energy cost, it's such an enormous cost in general. Um, maybe that would be more beneficial, and then really focusing in on how can we make that the most efficient. No, they're like they're not focusing in on how can we make green hydrogen work as well as possible within the world as a system we're focusing on okay let's just give hydrogen a bunch of money because maybe it can be some sort of substitute to gas or like to fossil fuels Yeah, it's the way we are using them now
2: that seems to be kind of the the principled problem we're dealing with is that there is this urgent desire to just switch out something problematic something polluting for a clean version of it like we are trying to find the replacement for oil and petrol and uh, kerosene and all these things. and we, But we don't want to change anything about how the broader system works. So we just want a green version of that. And hydrogen kind of fills or is pushed in that uh, position neatly um, by a, a lot of marketing and lobbying. It's really presented as this. Everything can stay the same. But instead of oil, we're going to use hydrogen. And and there's always talk about natural gas and how
1: it's going to be carbon neutral, that idea of uh, recapturing the carbon inside when we're producing the hydrogen using blue hydrogen technology. Yeah, exactly. It's always that, um, don't worry, guys, we are hearing you. And that's why I think this is very, very insidious. Like all of this work done by climate activists, all of this work done throughout the last 20 years is now at the, there is a chance that all of this work is being undermined with the policy making when it comes to this because we know for a fact that these companies are like, okay, we are, uh, we do now realize that at least in the EU, lawmakers are gonna put more pressure on us and uh, that is just like a fact when it comes to climate and that's all because of climate activists and the public speaking public outspokenly against this and now they are um, they are looking for a solution that would be like okay so it's solved it's kind of like um maybe not the best analogy but remember the whole thing with the straws
2: yes yes the the turtle
1: yes like uh, we all saw the turtle. It's one video sad.
2: with a turtle with a straw and its nose, and we
1: are replacing all of the straws. McDonald's now is the very
2: aware company, or whatever. So
1: like, yeah, EU make EU lawmakers literally did like ban you from uh, giving plastic straws, and that's the thing. That's that's kind of the same thing here, but on a much, much, much larger scale. And yeah, we should be really careful. Like, uh, there's
0: more money involved than Britain to us. Yes,
1: I think so too. Um, Money
0: that could be spent on other research or other investments investments into making climate green solutions more accessible to low-income communities, for example, or yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
2: <laughs> and then let's, uh, I mean, in when it comes to who is um, who is being heard, who is listening to who? Because that industry, uh, according to the EU Transparency uh, Register, um, they spent a total of 58.6 million uh, euros last year, so in 2020, on uh, lobbying within the EU to push this hydrogen agenda. That is not an insignificant uh, amount.
0: I mean, it sounds ridiculous compared to what we talked about last time with big tech, of course, but yes. (laughs)
2: Uh, Yeah, but uh, I mean, um, even in terms of access to their commission, uh, to the commission, uh, the European commission met uh, with uh, 37 NGOs. And it met 100 or, or 37, it had 37 meetings with NGOs and it had 163 meetings with the hydrogen lobby. So, can you really speak of a balanced yeah, no. point of view? So, at one point, we have to recognize that politicians also just get flooded with a certain image. And as, like any human being, they, and any organization that gets flooded by this much, excuse me for saying it, bullshit. They I just mean, get buried yeah, underneath it they should be better than that, but still they they get buried in a in a bunch of bullshit yes <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> um i
0: and even in in the bigger sense um let's uh but like it's not just they get bombarded with a bunch of bullshit i mean it's it's it is an interesting technology, and it's really easy to make it look like the big saving thing without mentioning that. Maybe producing something using natural gas when you want to avoid using fossil fuels is not the way to go because you're using fossil fuels in order to get rid of fossil fuels. And I don't know, that doesn't sound like... It's a more comfortable
2: image, uh, certainly, or a more comfortable story for everyone involved. It really is. And it's, it's just sad because
1: honestly, like big
2: picture wise, it's just
1: like... People will want to be bullshitted by that, you know. It's the like more comfortable thing. You know, the scientists are are kind of figuring it out. We won't have to change our lifestyle. It's just gonna all work out in the end, and uh, the companies.
0: Yeah, still and make the, sci- money. the scientists aren't even the bad here yeah, 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 in yeah, any yeah, way. The, like they are not. just interested in their research. But yeah, it's it it it's.
1: But we can always like y- y- the problem with that kind of science is it's focusing on the financial analysis of the way to deal with these problems and that's just not
2: always because neutral. the goal isn't a financial transition the focus is to lowering the yes. the effect of climate and that change should or be, or to lower that
1: should be that should be always the the, the end goal like and yes. that's why i'm i'm kind of like skeptical like if i if i find a study that is studying carbo- carbon carbon uh, recapture and storage And at the same time, it's making claims of economical viability. I am going to be skeptical because if you're only interested in the carbon of the recapture of the carbon, I get it from a scientific point of view, from an interest point of view. If you're talking about the financial and the economical viability, I am going to be looking at the people who are funding you.
0: Yes, of course. But I also think it's super important to look at the economic viability because, like, as we mentioned, the calculations of Bloomberg are the thing that shows us that green carbon capture is also not super. You mean green green hydrogen. hydrogen. Uh, Oh yeah, sorry, (laughs) green hydrogen. Yeah, but like that's the thing. Do we even need
1: hydrogen? Like, why are we- Exactly,
0: but like, if you don't look at, okay, is it fine, like if if you look at, is it gonna be even possible to do this financially, then you can also say, is it worth giving money to this or should we invest the money elsewhere? Yeah, definitely. And Mm -hmm. now they're just being like those policymakers are being bombarded with a lot of interesting PowerPoints about hydrogen, probably. Mm -hmm. And lots of pretty infographics. Yes, pretty, pretty videos. And of course they get interested by that. And of Of course course they want to invest into the new fancy thing. Like I heard, I saw some articles of like, I think it was Belgium even being like, oh yeah, we can't miss the hydrogen train. It's super important. Like, we don't want to be the one that's being left out. But, you know, it's not really good if politicians are basing their investments on, oh no, I don't want to be the not cool one in high school. Like, I need to get this skirt now because Mm -hmm. everyone has it. Like... It's it just sounds like that sometimes, and the,
2: the you have to be a trendsetter, yeah, not a follower. bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> look at like, Germany. You have to made jump on panels. the train
0: fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I mean, like personally, I'm a big fan of decentralizing energy. And I think if we would focus on that.
2: But even in that, the hydrogen uh, commercial is fully with you. It proposes an, uh, its own network within the network of. Uh, yes.
0: So why do I need hydrogen in my house?
2: Because uh, it's going to be the replacement for all of these
1: problems. You see, we have this infrastructure that is produced and that is transporting natural gas, right? Here's what we're going to do we are going to. Switch from
2: natural gas to hydrogen. Not all natural gas, though.
0: Yes, yes.
2: Not all of it, obviously. Obviously, we're going to build two pipelines instead of one. Yes,
0: but then you still need to build.
2: Yes, yes. But like you see, which is why the EU should give subsidies to the hydrogen lobby. They. But I thought we
0: were doing this so we don't have to build.
2: Listen to the commercial look at the power you're not
0: looking at the long term here
2: you see that's that's what they're doing basically they're
1: giving you these like uh, short-term solutions of 20 years 30 years get the plans in the going build the pipelines put the infrastructure in place and once you're there from the European point of view it's kind of a sunk cost already let's say you already put the infrastructure there. A lot of lawmakers, even if they do realize that they made the wrong decision, might even still go with it because the infrastructure is already there. So they just like basically taking you by the hand and being like, come on, like this new hydrogen thing, trust me, it's going to work. It's going to be the the new shit, but...
0: Yeah, but like, okay... Let's say even if we would be interested in hydrogen, like wouldn't we just want to then go for green hydrogen as much as possible? Too expensive.
2: I mean, we would want to. The point is, well, the other stuff is also expensive, but the Compared hydrogen the in general, hydrogen, it's not all the hydrogen. Like well, the methane the is cheaper because well, the 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 blue and and gray one is cheaper because it uses methane, which. Or the diehard I mean, climate yeah. activists, they will know, is a worst greenhouse gas. Greenhouse gas but um, it, it, it would still require all the I know. fancy new but like infrastructure. But in a
1: capitalist like, context, here's yes, the it's thing. Cheaper than when green. we're
2: talking about economical
1: viability, it's not about cheap and expensive. It's about who's making what money and how much money are they making.
0: And how fast are they making So it?
1: in green energy, in if we're doing green hydrogen, who's going to be making that money? Yeah, yeah, it's you also know?
0: yeah, it's also- but like it would be much more reasonable to say invest in the uh, in research to up the the energy production by one solar cell, yeah. and that way you could use that in both decentralizing the electricity market by putting solar panels on houses of low-income communities, in apartments. You could also use that to produce hydrogen more efficiently because you need a lot of energy and. Producing a lot of energy would be easier yep. if the solar panels were. And have- that's
1: amazing, but the problem here is, well, how's a small bottle gonna get gonna make money?
0: Well, yeah, but like that's what I'm saying. I don't you sound
1: like a socialist, Morgan.
0: <laughs> no, no, I mean, I'm honestly like mm-hmm.
1: not even getting at this point. When when these researchers are referring to economic viability, they're not referring to uh, like how much it's gonna cost. They're referring to is it gonna disrupt the economic status quo too much that it's gonna prevent us from moving on?
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. And like it's not like they're they're talking about oh no, people are going to lose jobs and stuff and yeah. like what I would say is yes, so make sure that those jobs are like given to those people. Like start educating people now. Start uh, initiating programs. Use some of that 1 billion euros for that.
1: And really here is the crux of the issue. It's like that those like companies like ExxonMobil and the huge fossil fuels industry, it is behind a lot of propaganda. It's behind a lot of lobbying. And they obviously do not care about what you're saying. They care about short-term profits. They care about...
0: Of course, but we were talking about policymakers now. And yes, and like... these
2: policymakers are
1: influenced
2: by...
0: Yes, they are. And
2: let's... I, I really want to give a shout-out. What is the opposite? What's the negative version of a shout-out? Uh, spit on. I want to really spit on one particular company in, in, in this story... Um, which, Morgan, you might be interested in, there is one marketing company which is a, which has made it its specialty to put um, gas and fossil fuel FTI. companies. Yes. yes. You FTI know consulting. you know
0: how I remember that company's name? No. I always think of an STI. <laughs> uh. <laughs> a sexual transmitted infection. <laughs>
2: oh, my God. I mean, yeah, that works. Well, that's kind of what they've been doing. But um, then with the
0: F, like of, Fucking yes, we need transmittable to... <laughs> infection.
2: Okay, I feel like we're getting off fat
0: here. <laughs> Continue.
2: <laughs> but basically, they, they've been the, the biggest star when it comes to portraying pro-petrol or, or gas uh in industry, in, uh, as grassroots movements, as concerned citizens, as local investors or concerned with local and investors. It's worth noting, most of the time, they're not even like it's not transparent that they are being oh, backed no. by they, XMobile. or. They have vague shell organizations which yes. they use. Um, they have think, tank, think tanks and everything. They have writers' rooms, like um, they have. Uh, what was it? The the ma- sta- they staffed two news and information sites. Energy In Depth uh, was the first one and Western Wire was the second one in which they just you know, started cranking out pro-industry articles on fracking, on climate lawsuits um, and other things like that. Um, and a lot of that content came from Exxon. <laughs> yes. And they also pretend to be supportive of... Um
1: the working man behind the uh, gas industry—they are—they are all for uh, th- like keeping those jobs because without those jobs, these
2: communities would die. And this—this this old story that I we've believe been hearing about. At one point, they flew an airplane yes. with a banner over an oil field. Yes, and I which think- the
1: literal quote was: "We wanted to do something big, and what's bigger than an airplane?"
2: Yeah. Which, if anyone knows activists,
0: <laughs> <whoa>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah that's not act buddy if, if anyone broke, knows active yeah every activist is basically broke every organization you will find except for the very big ones like and, and can we call them activist organizations like WWF or, or things like that they're on a completely different level but any local activist organization will be not even dreaming of hiring an airplane. <laughs> How are we going to pay for that shit? Yeah. Like, big alarms. Big alarms should go off when you see something so like that. Those big like alarms.
1: More highlights of that um, FTI consulting company include um, a an employee from them. I made a Facebook account. Uh, a middle-aged white woman who loves her dog. Um, uh-huh. Who is very interested in activism and... Uh, a grassroots uh, movements, mm-hmm. and he basically started spying on, uh, in like uh, he started spying on activist circles and activist groups, and he literally just like
0: wait, is it a woman or a man? We
1: don't we, actually, um, we don't
0: know. Okay, because you said woman. Yes, the the, the, fa- the, fake the Facebook account. account is. Oh, is a fake okay, account. cool. It's cool, a cool. fake account.
1: There was and confusion. It's like, what the fuck? This is like some literal spy shit. Um, and it's just it's weird. Totally stalking. It, it's talking. It's talking. It's fucked up. It's against the community guidelines. And they did go out and say, like, I have to say this. <laughs> okay,
0: did. sorry, but against the community guidelines of a company that, like, barely respects any I mean, of their own it, guidelines. <laughs> it's
1: always fun to spit at Facebook, but they're, they're not the villain here. I For now, I they, they were last episode. I just yeah.
0: <laughs> need to continue that mentality. Yes, yes. Fuck Facebook,
1: yes. but um, and like uh, I like the consulting company did come out and say that this was a former employee who was acting on his own, and but like they always have something to say. Um, one more thing was this did you hear about that manual? Did you
2: was that in your research? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I want to go over it. So at one Please. point, they started to. They had an internal document by studying environmentalist protesters, on um, how, on, and they had designed a few strategies designed to influence the public uh, discourse. And mostly, they had focused on a few roles or a few, you know, uh, specific strategies. E every and ideally, every uh, you have a team of people, and everyone within the team uh, plays one of the roles or uses one of the strategies. And um, let's go over a few. Um, you have the derailleur, uh, seizes on a seemingly innocuous section of an otherwise negative narrative and attempts to pull the common thread into a discursive discussion around that detailed non-issue. Um,
1: yes. And like it's worth mentioning, most of these are usually used on social media um, platforms. Yes. They can be used in real life. I don't know if they did. That would be weird. This is ah, basically
0: just organized trolling, isn't it? Yes, yes, literally. It's yes. It's, it's, it is. it's
1: organized, it's
2: politicized, <laughs>
0: it's used for propaganda. It's brilliant. I kind of want
2: to use it on the fascists.
0: I love I love the the names too. Yes. The skeptical capitalists. The
2: confused time traveler. <laughs> the drunken conspiracy <laughs> theorist
0: uncle. The concerned hipster. Yes, and that's that like I mean, the dog typing on like, a keyboard. Have you not
1: seen, like, uh, we have discussions on Facebook? We've all seen these we've things. We've all seen these things. And I'm always like, is this a bot? Like, it might be. A and, and there, there is, like, some, like, this is off topic, but there is actually, we, know, yeah, we yeah. know. Everybody knows there is some Russian bots, there are some Chinese bots, there is some US bots, for all I care, that are there literally just to change public opinion on social media platforms. But these are real people... <laughs>
0: Yeah, and so they call themselves Stratcom, and that is short for strategic communications, focused on industry messaging campaigns. So yeah, Stratcom. It's uh, it's an interesting way of uh, organized trolling, and
2: I mean it's definitely a, a strategy. I'll give them that. It is
0: a strategy, but like I so so, <coughs> and and these people these weird people are promoting low hydrogen yes and when we look at their
1: backers we usually find fossil fuel industry um giants like
2: ExxonMobil yes and is. BlackRock <laughs> like the which yes he, they recently made like a, a 360 degree turn i say 360 because i think they just basically ended up where they began um but, uh what they said, we are going to divest from fossil fuel, blah blah, blah which they don't they don't but yes. um they're they're one of the biggest investment they're known mostly for being one of the i think the largest shareholder and investment firm in the world and uh,
0: isn't it also isn't it also kind of questionable like how well c o two capture works yes,
2: yeah, carbon capture it's kind mm-hmm.
1: of. Just not a thing, almost. I mean, the uh, the initial studies, um, one of them, I think, is like 2010, 2008. Yeah. It's like um, the theory is that we can recapture 80% of the CO2. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're using biomass energy to fuel this, like, or we're using um, solar panels, it's going to be completely neutral, even if we're like um, mining, uh, what was it? Natural gas. So the idea is they want to get like this natural gas and they want to do all of the things that we do for natural gas just with a zero carbon footprint. And it's just not a thing. And
2: ca- carbon capture is basically the, the broom to clean up the trash you throw on the ground. Yes. Like the idea is if we just have enough carbon capture, we can keep emitting stuff into the atmosphere as long as we keep getting it out at, this, at yeah, a Yeah, but a I think the max, the
0: max amount of. Uh, carbon that we could capture would be 0.1%?
2: Oh no, it's, it's not that bad. That's, that's what we are currently doing with carbon oh, capture. Oh, right, yes. Uh, globally, yes. Uh, 0.1%. Yes.
1: Um, and it's worth mentioning too, like before this was a the thing, there was something called flaring. So at these like uh, oil, um, I don't know what to call oil wells. So you would be like getting some oil and getting some natural gas and there would be excess and what they usually would do is burn that. That's flaring. And it's a very bad uh, practice for the environment. Um, it's banned in a lot of countries, I think, even globally. And doesn't mean they don't do it. Still, they do it, indeed. Um, and that's actually one of the reasons why carbon recapture became a thing. It's like, oh, shit, Like we used to burn this stuff. Why won't we just like capture it? And... They did that, they marketed themselves as very aware of what they're doing, and yeah, it's just like, let's just remember, like let's just also reconcile it, it's just, it's, it, it, it's really not working.
2: Not, like even the thing they advertised isn't working as yeah. well. First and foremost, uh, scientific papers ha- that have undertaken a financial analysis of the thing have found that it is not now commercially viable it would require, even if you put a a shit ton of subsidies in it to develop a market for it, it would rarely become profitable, probably never. And that is if we, again, assume that we are dealing with a financial issue here, which we are not. It's It's an ecological scientific problem. We need to find ways to have a high standard of living without or a qualitative life, without producing the carbon uh, in the first place, and the other greenhouse gases. So we shouldn't make the the biophysics uh, subservient to the market concerns, because carbon capture seems to emit more carbon than it it removes from the air. And that is because a lot of those studies only focus on the machine itself, and on the power plant itself. Nobody talks about the storage, the transport, all of the... Stuff that has the extra Again, stuff that has to the happen. The energy you need to put into the carbon capture uh, part of the machine,
1: and what they call what was it? Um,
2: fugitive um, emissions. That's yes, the-, the emissions that. Uh, which is an interesting <laughs> it's, name. It's a very interesting name.
0: Fucking refugees. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they, they seem to be? I I legitimately wonder if that is an attempt by one like communication person to be like, what if we use. A negative word for a, foil, for a fossil fuel <laughs> that links it with refugees and then maybe we can pit the climate activists against the refugees.
1: I mean, yeah, let's, let's say C. Otto is an immigrant.
2: How? Like, because it's, it's from outside. Oh, it's my God. Inside. We have to shut this down before the right-wing people start listening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What do you think about this as a refugee? How do you relate yourself to CO2? Do you feel any connection?
2: We're already pushing
1: the framework <laughs> here. <laughs> I choose not to
2: comment. <laughs> uh, I am sorry, buddy. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if it's going to save the planet, <laughs> it won't. <laughs> it's probably going to be used to demonize people. That's that's how it always works. But I mean, the entire... There, all these economic assumptions that we can develop a, a hydrogen system are based on carbon capture. And the ideas that carbon capture can work are based on not much. <laughs> and they're based on very isolated studies, often not that well peer-reviewed. It's and like Sean failed experience.
1: Like they've been so many, so many. So it's just, it's, 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 it's worth noting that like, we're talking about it right now as if it's like, yeah, it's obviously not a thing, but lawmakers and policymakers and lobbyists are still advertising it and pushing it as the new savior. Yes. So it is important to note that, like you might be listening to this stupid uh, leftist podcast, but um, that is not the uh, that is not the uh, public uh,
2: state of affairs. Mm-hmm. And again, even the. Okay, if the thing itself doesn't work, we've already established it. But even if it would, let's let's please the, the, the techno optimists here. Even if it would work on that scale, on one factory, on one power plant, there is no proof it could function on the large scale we would need it if we continue to do business as usual. You know at It's like a square cube law. You cannot simply size something up massively and expect it to work the exact same way. Just like also remember that this is talking about capture of carbon when we're
1: talking about the extraction of natural gas and oil, which is a non-renewable energy source. It's going to be done one day eventually Eventually, it's gonna be over
0: well yeah but it's gonna be over like if if we continue on this path the time that it runs out is far in the future like when we are pretty much already living in a hellscape where nobody cares anymore are you okay morgan
2: (laughs) seems not
0: (laughs) i am (laughs) but like just like worth
1: noting like they are talking about the savior that is still and like even if it did work it's still not renewable and we should look into renewable alternatives that's the answer here it's it's not easy it's not uh, you can't just expect to save the planet
2: from this but bit. let's uh, do consider the 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 amount of extraction what you would need to do for example the amount of fossil fuels you would need to produce all said hydrogen and capture it constantly the energy you need to produce for that all that stuff, just that alone would have an impact on the environment again and would worsen things like earthquakes uh, you know, collapses groundwater contamination air pollution mm.
0: they say the ocean's rising like I give a shit Like <laughs> <laughs> oh my, God. Oh
2: my God. they say <laughs> the
0: whole world's burning <laughs> or you-
2: that's dying. on top of the pipeline network, <laughs> by the way, again. So <laughs>
0: And
1: that's what we're not even talking about like uh something like Russia and the pipeline plans and all of the Which was also
2: a dumb idea, but yeah, that's another discussion.
1: <sighs> natural gas has always been in that spot, hasn't it? Like it's natural, you see. It's not as bad. And you can you know, always like, so sulfuric acid, I still wouldn't want it on me. Here's the thing. To be f- to be completely fair and nuanced here, natural gas out of all of the fossil fuels is one of the cleanest, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like that's the problem
2: here. Like we have alternatives. Stop trying to paint a picture. Yeah, it's where... thinking in, within yeah. a, a certain limited. And framework. like, if
0: you say cleanest, you mean it doesn't produce as much um, fi- fan stuff.
2: Uh, fine, dust? fine dust, dust. I don't know,
0: yeah. like the stuff that no, make- like
1: the extraction of it and the uh, the whole process behind oh, it yeah. is pretty much like even the transport of it is much more efficient than just oil mm. or uh, um, gasoline. So you know, natural gas has always been like uh, advertised in that sense. But let's remember, just like it's it it uh, it it will end one day, mm-hmm. and um, like just to 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 face this to face climate change we have to do um, big steps and you can't expect the current economical status quo to stay the same. And that should not be our goal. That should not be something even we're concerned about, but apparently we
2: are. And if you do care about what actually needs to be done about the result you want to see, which is you know, limiting climate change by reducing emissions, etc. Um, preliminary research has shown that Biological methods are actually not just more effective at uh, reducing CO2 in the atmosphere, they also provide a lot of uh, co-benefits, a lot of extras that come along. Um,
0: so, for example?
2: Uh, for example, um, it re- uh, if you... Uh, no, I mean, the- like, what are those biological yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. the, the benefits, the extras.
0: No, I mean, what do you mean by pol- biological processes of okay, doing this? So
2: if you reforest an, uh, an yeah, uh, yeah. area, for example, or let it rewild, because I know there is a certain obsession with planting trees at the moment, which I don't like. Um, but, you know, it restores the nutrients in the soil. Um, it filtrates air and water. So yeah. both of those things.
1: Instead of recapturing CO2, you can have
2: this nifty green thing that also absorbs CO2. And it weirdly really has been developed over millions of years and tested in reality <laughs> and tried again and again. How are we not making profit of this? <laughs> Monsanto was. I'm sorry, buyer. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but that's a story I'm going to look up later. Uh-huh. They have said that DNA is a, is a thing they can copyright.
0: <laughs> They they actually do they actually do
2: they do yeah they actively already do
0: it's not funny love <laughs> and
2: also weirdly enough again nature also seems to be more efficient in terms of uh, resource management as in the resources you would need would basically. Be less. Yeah, because Pretty you can though. basically just abandon a place. Well, you probably should clean it up first if there was some filthy industry there. But yeah. other than that, there's a lot of places you can leave, and nature slowly just starts yeah. to. Take I mean, it. the
0: bottom line is we need to be completely carbon neutral by 2050 actually net zero pretty much yes. in the west especially and that's not
1: going to happen with little steps
0: exactly we we need we we also can't afford to invest billions of euros dollars whatever into hydrogen if we're not sure that this is gonna be at the level where we need it when we need it yep. uh and we of course can invest a bit of money into it and we can... I do like
1: the investment in green green uh, hydrogen. I do think yeah. it has a lot of potential. I do think it has
0: a lot of potential too. We talked about
1: like the, the wind turbines and the solar and that's part of the energy that can be used for green hydrogen but there's also the biomass um, fuel.
0: Which also has its pr- problems. It though. does
1: but compared to all of these things like it's kind of... It does work you know like um, burning manure or... Uh, that kind of thing is is compared to burning coal, it's just, it works. So that, is, that does technically fall within the grain hydrogen um, production, the biomass burning.
2: You still have the emissions problem. Yeah. Which by the way, we didn't mention it yet, but then there is also the question of where are you going to put the CO2 because you can't use all of the CO2 in other industrial processes. And then they come with a brilliant plan of trying to d- use a giant hole in the North Sea to just put it there. Or just put it in tanks. Any other place. <laughs> yeah. Like nuclear waste, that worked out great. Like, let's not find a giant hole and just push it in <laughs> and oh, yeah, hope it's, it stays. It's
1: either that hole or it's north wo- worth noting that in some of the research I've been uh, reading about the uh, CO2 capture, it's the idea of let's deploy these technologies wherever needed in the world and mm, save yeah. the world. So the idea is to, like uh, like that kind of uh, the Belgian guy, who was talking about the natural gas company in Belgium. Yes. And he was like, yeah, these lawmakers are making it too hard for me here in Belgium, so I'm yes going to leave l- to Brazil. I'm going to do more stuff in, uh, what was it?
0: Um, what was the guy's name? I can't remember.
2: Um, Pascal de mm. He is the CEO of, I believe, uh, Fluxis. Luxus, which, um, is, which is under control of the Belgian municipalities. Oh, he was the
0: guy that wanted to invest in hydrogen.
2: Yeah, that's Don't, don't Miss the Hydrogen Trail. Yeah
0: yeah, 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 exactly, yes. And
1: Honestly, like no, I'm not giving, like, I want to go into it, like, how, is, this is a company that is basically under the government and should not yes. be like a private company, but it's acting like a private company, yes. and I really don't get it. Nobody does. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I think. because I, from what I understood, there is, like, this uh, thing called Public Gas, and that's like the public gas of uh, Flanders.
2: Yeah, basically the municipalities have a, a, a semi-free private company which owns an, a majority or a, a significant amount in another company and that company is the one going. But the revenue was uh, decided by the municipalities or something, the, the margin
1: of profits. Yeah,
2: they have some public control yeah, over it. Yeah, it's
1: interesting. But going back to the original point, it's like, People like that in the first world countries, um, quote-unquote first world, the plans always seems to deviate towards, okay, let's just build these things in Africa. Let's just dump it in the North Sea. Let's just uh, do it in East Asia, you know? And that seems to be the kind of attitude.
0: Anywhere but not here.
1: And, I mean, honestly, I like I get it. But at the same time, that's not even going to work for you, buddy.
2: Like that's not how it works. This is a global problem. Well, there is the thing if they um, if they talk about, for example, um, just like the obsession with planting trees uh, as a as a natural carbon sink. There is the very dystopian future in which they just say, "Hey, let's you know, uh, or let's let's take another country and just turn it into one big forest and and some bio farm or plantations and." Implement. I mean, it's perfectly for the right side of of, of the political spectrum. That's a perfectly in their wheelhouse of uh, imperialism, dominating other places, and uh, it has green enforcing them. Oh, but we have eco fascists, darling. (laughs) They are already here. I mean, you can force population control on another country, which is basically what they're already calling for, little racist bitches. So. I wouldn't underestimate their ability to. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But like,
1: isn't didn't that didn't we already have that? The Amazon wasn't that a huge
2: giant forest thing that was? But the fascists in Brazil don't want it there, and they need uh, fascists against fascists. Lovely stuff. Yes.
1: Maybe they will like kill each other,
2: cancel each other out. We will probably all die in the process. Oh fucking hell.
0: Okay, so that is the conclusion of today's podcast. <laughs> maybe we'll there is one. die in the process.
2: <laughs> okay, let's end on a more positive note. Maybe yes. one very short one. Um, you should really look up um what your com- country uh, or your the state in which you live, um is doing in terms of hydrogen. Um, I we looked up the the Flemish one for example. Um. Because it's very useful. They did a SWOT analysis and I feel like that can be used against them (laughs) Um, because it talks about what are our strengths and uh, what is still a weakness or a threat to this plan. It's very useful that they do this for us Um, because they have said multiple parts in that analysis. At least they're honest. It's a really good analysis. Yeah, but it's a useful analysis because they multiple times they say one big problem, for example, in Flanders is the legal framework. There is an unclear legal framework uh there is a risk for opposition in that, etc. So I think that's very useful for the activist organizations and the activist groups in Flanders. Uh you need to continue to fight the legal battles against this uh thing we that will, is happening.
0: We will make a blog post where we put this uh SWOT analysis also on our blog.
2: It's the Flemish one though. I well we'll we'll, we'll link translate to it, yeah. it.
0: Well there is Flemish activists listening.
2: Yeah, I imagine. Um, But yeah, so so there's still a chance. You can always still oppose it and they often do the analysis for you.